fake grass may lead to real problems. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. A proposed new rule by the Environmental Protection Agency about lead in drinking water was met with outrage last week by environmental advocates who said it does not adequately address the problem of service lines. Public health groups were concerned because, as John Rumpler of Environment America says, service lines that run from water mains to homes are the single greatest source of lead contamination. Under the new rule, water utilities will have to inventory an estimated 6 million lines, and if elevated levels are found, homeowners must be notified. And for the first time, utilities will also have to test for the contaminant in child care facilities and schools. In a release, Rumper said the proposal does not require the full replacement of all lead service pipes fast enough, and actually lengthens the current time allowed for utilities to get rid of them. The new rule is open to public comment for 60 days. In other news about the EPA, Nearly 600 former officials from the agency are asking for an investigation into whether it abused its authority by threatening to cut off funds to the state of California and the city of San Francisco due to the state's not backing Trump in the 2016 election. Andrew Wheeler, the head of the EPA, accused the state of failing to meet federal water quality standards and non-compliance with the Clean Air Act. These accusations followed a visit by President Trump where he said the EPA would put out a notice of violation to San Francisco. He said without evidence that storm sewers were littered with used needles and filth from the homeless population. The former EPA officials wrote two congressional committees saying that other states, including Texas, Iowa, Missouri, Ohio, and New York, have more pollution sources than California and are in significant noncompliance with environmental laws. At about the same time that Wheeler was threatening the state, California sued his agency over a ruling that nearly 1,400 acres of salt ponds in the South San Francisco Bay are not covered by the Clean Water Act and could be developed. Cargill, a giant in agricultural sales, owns the property, which is an active salt harvesting facility. Environmental groups have identified the area as a prime location for wetlands restoration that can improve the tidal marsh ecosystems and provide flood protection as sea levels rise. Fast foods are often less healthy than meals made with grocery store ingredients and cooked at home. Now a new study shows that packaging of that fast food is harmful. PFAS compounds, which have in the past been used in non-stick cookware and firefighting foams, are currently used in wrappers and containers for burgers, french fries, and other items. The chemicals are added to packaging because they resist water and grease, making foods more portable. The study, published in the journal Environmental Health Perspectives, looked at the levels of PFAS in people who ate fast food versus those who had home-cooked meals. After 24 hours, those who had eaten fast food consistently showed an increase in the amount of PFAS in their blood. As National Geographic reports, PFAS can linger in the body for years, unlike other contaminants that pass through quickly. It's not clear when PFAS levels start to take a toll on humans, but they have been linked to cancer, thyroid disorders, hormonal changes, and weight gain. The impact of so-called forever chemicals from fast food alone is difficult to measure because PFAS is widespread in numerous products, from popcorn packaging to carpeting. There's also new information about PFAS chemicals being found in synthetic turf used in parks, schools, and professional sports stadiums. An industry trade group lists a host of environmental benefits from artificial grass, such as eliminating the need for watering, 
mowing, and pesticides. However, The Intercept reports that recent testing showed PFAS not only in the blades of the fake grass, but also in the backing of the synthetic turf. In addition to PFAS chemicals in the artificial grass, there is another problem. Since the late 1990s, most of it has required infilling, usually with rubber crumbs that is dumped on top of the blades. Those crumbs are mostly made from recycled tires, thousands of them for each field, and they contain heavy metals and other chemicals that pose serious health risks. Because it is so dangerous, in 2017, the Children's Environmental Health Center at Mount Sinai called for a moratorium on new artificial turf. And finally, Pacific Gas and Electric cut power to hundreds of thousands of customers in northern and central California last week to prevent its power lines from sparking wildfires during hot, dry, and windy conditions. With little time to prepare, people had to cope with school closings, traffic light outages, and spoiled food in freezers. The blackout was particularly dangerous for the poor, the elderly, and those needing power-dependent medical devices. And as the planet warms up from climate change, the option to flip on the air conditioning might not be available. So how would you keep cool? Researchers from the University of Sydney look to answer that question as the number of searing heat waves in Australia is increasing. They wanted to know, would drinking water, the number one public health recommendation, be enough to survive? According to their study, applying normal tap water to the chest, arms, back, legs, and face with a sponge was much more effective than drinking it. It improved core temperature, lowered cardiovascular strain, and cut the rate of dehydration in half by reducing water loss through sweating. They also found that soaking feet above the ankles was better than just drinking water, but not as effective as sponging. Those results were the same whether in humid or dry conditions. And with high temperature records being set in 2019, protecting people against heat-related illness is growing more important, especially as the threat of blackouts increases in cities around the world. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, whose North American Water Loss Conference will showcase innovative solutions December 3rd through 5th in Nashville. Get the details at awwa.org forward slash water loss.